My name is Ty French, and this is my podcast. That's why it's called the Ty French Podcast. Welcome back to the Thai French Podcast. My name is Thai French, and this is my podcast, and that's why it's called the Thai French Podcast. TGIF. Happy Friday. Hallelujah. We made it. If you guys listened to Wednesday's episode, you knew that I was just having a rough week. I've been having a rough go around, and I could not be more ecstatic for it to be the weekend and for it to be Friday because when you guys are listening to this, I'm going to be on my way to EDC Las Vegas, as you guys heard in the Wednesday episode. If you listen to the episode, I'm not going to go into the whole spiel again. I will spare you the details, but I'm so excited and I can't wait. This is my first EDM festival. I'm a little scared. I'm actually a lot scared because um, it doesn't start till like 10 p.m. at night and it goes till like 6 a.m. in the morning, which you guys know the feral, feral rat king can handle that. But, you know, like I said on Wednesday, Tequila, I know that beast. I know how to wrangle her in. I know how to deal with Tequila. Todka, I don't know him. And I don't know if he could rally till 6 a.m. So we will see. I'm super excited. I can't wait. Obviously, I will fill you guys in on all of the details and everything that happened over the weekend on next week's episode. Other than that, I literally have no other life update for you guys. I feel like I'm going to keep the life updates just to Wednesday episodes because you don't need a life update on a Wednesday and a Friday. Like nothing happens in between. Nothing happens on a Thursday. I can guarantee you that much other than recording and editing the Friday episode, so, or working on the Wednesday's episode. So my week is literally just podcast, podcast, podcast. If I can even talk, that's a tongue twister. But yeah, today, since this is only the second Friday episode, um, the first one, as I mentioned before, was going to be just a Q&A, just, you know, the podcast has been around for a minute and I haven't done a Q&A in a while. So I just thought it'd be fun to do that. And then I did the episode with Indie Blue and that ended up being my first Friday episode. So this week, I'm honoring you with a Q&A because you guys are just begging for it. No one's begging for it. No one asked. No one cares. <laughs> but you're getting it anyway. So I'm super excited. I wrote down most of your guys' questions that you guys asked on my Instagram story and they are in no particular order. I have not written down my answers or anything. I'm kind of just winging it. I'm sitting down. This is going to be a very casual episode, a very casual Q&A. Some of the questions are about relationships. Some of them are about sex. Some of them are about photography. Some of them are about LA. Just, you know, it's all over the place. And so, yeah, let's get into it. The first question, which I just love. And I feel like it was the perfect question for me, Camp Rat, Unite, um, my dream Coachella lineup. And that's like asking what your dream house is. It's like, you can't really pick just one style of house or maybe other people can, maybe like you can't relate to that. But I feel like I have so many ways I could go about this, but 
I decided to only write down people that I have not seen at Coachella because if I did my dream lineup, I mean, it's going to be The weekend, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, like the the typical, but they've already already performed. So obviously I have to say Rihanna, like Rihanna is a headliner at Coachella. I just can't quite think of anything better. And I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. Yes, I know she's been pregnant for the last few years, but if that bitch doesn't get on the main stage of Coachella soon, I will die. I'm praying to God that it is next year. I feel like she's going to drop me music. I feel like she did the Super Bowl. So she's kind of ready for this moment. And how iconic would that be? Because Beyonce did it right after she had twins. And then if Rihanna did it right after she had her second baby, it's like, come on, this is the year of the moms. This is the year of the working moms. And I love these artists that just literally do not let their pregnancy hinder their career or their style or their vibe. And it's just iconic. Mom representation matters. Okay. So that's my end all be all. Obviously, Rihanna. I would also love to see um, DJ Khaled. Now, hold on. That might be an unpopular opinion, but hear me out. DJ Khaled has a song with about every single person on the planet. So think of all the, it would basically just be a mashup of a ton of other performers. Beyonce, Justin Bieber, Rihanna, like Nicki Minaj. He has a song with everybody. And guess what? All of the songs freaking Slap. You cannot tell me that he does not have some bangers. Wild Thoughts, um, Top Off the Maybag, so many bangers. So I think DJ Khaled would be so fun because it would just be a mashup of other artists. And Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, I mean, she is perfect to do Coachella. And how iconic would it be if she did a Hannah Montana moment, which I feel like she would the climb, just late at night, Sunday night, you're ending the festival. Just, I can't think of anything better. She's such a good performer. Her voice is amazing. And I really feel like she's up for the challenge. So I feel like she's also maybe a front runner for next year. I could be wrong. I don't know. Next question, my Taco Bell order. This one triggered me because I've been trying to lay off the T-Bell. But I will tell you guys, Crunchwrap Supreme, no sour cream, no cheese, extra beef. I know, I'm literally disgusting. <laughs> um, and then the Doritos tacos are so good. Or nachos, Doritos tacos. I don't know what they're called. Those, those things, they're delicious. Um, next question. What life stories slash advice helped you feel confident and find the real you? So, hmm, that's a hard one. I definitely feel like, obviously life stories that helped me find the real me was, you know, coming out and that whole experience. I am going to have a whole episode on my coming out journey and growing up Mormon and all of that. A lot of the questions had to do with the Mormon church, but I'm going to do a whole separate Q&A video, deep dive story time on my coming out story and growing up Mormon in June for Pride Month. So stay tuned for that. Um, but advice that helped me feel confident and find the real me. I feel like just patience and grace. Honestly, I feel like we put so much pressure on ourselves to 
we think we're adults when we're not like your brain isn't even fully developed until you're like 27 or 28. So we feel this pressure that even though, you know, you're 18, you go out in the world, you maybe graduate from college, you move out of your parents' house. You feel this pressure to know who you are, know what you want to do for the rest of your life, save up, buy a house, have a car, all of these things. And we don't need to be doing that. We need to be with our titties out, out at a pool or a beach, drinking, having fun with our friends, traveling, seeing the world, experiencing, like learning who we are, learning who we want to be, learning what we want to do. But to just give yourself that grace and that pres- that um, patience, patience is what I'm looking for. Just be patient with yourself and know that not everyone else has it figured out. Everyone, there are 50 year olds out here redefining their whole life and, you know, divorcing from their wives or their husbands or their partners and literally redefining their whole life. There are these housewives that don't even get on housewives and become famous until they're 55. Like we are okay. We are fine. And I just wish I would have learned that earlier in my life because I feel like I had such a rush to grow up and LA kind of does that to you anyway. Like LA can make you grow up fast as moving to any big city kind of does because you kind of have to, you know, be more responsible and you have to be an adult and you have to look out for yourself. But That's my advice. Just be patient and give yourself some grace. Next question. What do you do when you are in a photography rut? So I actually want to do also a QA and a all about photography because a lot of the questions were about photography. And Lord knows I got a lot of knowledge and a lot of stories up there. And it's not going to mind. But when I'm in a rut, um, here's the thing. I feel like when you're an artist and when you're creative and when you're a photographer or whatever it may be, artist, painter, sculptor, you're always kind of in a rut and you're always chasing this high of feeling successful or feeling good about your work. I don't know. I feel like there are definitely times when I'm pumped about my work and I'm feeling so creative, but then literally two hours later, I'm feeling like I'm in a rut or I'm going to edit and like the editing isn't going as good, but when I was shooting, I was good. So I feel like being in a rut is subjective and it can mean a lot of different things. It doesn't mean that like you go months without feeling creative. You can be in ruts for 15 minutes while you're out of shoot, you know, but I feel like the best advice I can give to someone who is in a rut in any part of their life is to just fail, like try and succeed. You're literally, you're nothing bad can happen from trying if you are in a photography rut or creative rut go out do a shoot plan something book a model or grab a tripod shoot yourself go out and do it and what's the worst thing that's going to happen the photos suck that's the worst thing that's going to happen and you had you had an afternoon okay great it's going to be a funny story to tell or you're never going to post the photos or you're going to end up with something amazing and you're going to love it and you're going to be so glad that you went out and did it. I feel like just don't be afraid to fail and also don't be afraid to try new things. Go on Amazon, buy a flashlight, go out on the beach, test it with lighting, you know, try try new things, go to a fabric store, buy some fabric, drape it over your head, go on a hill, like just do weird shit and also go on Tumblr. Go on Tumblr or Pinterest or whatever, wherever you get your inspiration. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in my head, not even necessarily about being in a creative rut, but just like if I'm having anxiety that day about Lord knows what, but going on Tumblr and just being fed beautiful, creative imagery and art that isn't attached to a human being that I know 
is so inspiring. That is, I think, the power of Tumblr and Pinterest because obviously you're being fed so much content on TikTok and Instagram and that's so inspiring. But you get this sense of FOMO scrolling on Instagram and TikTok because a lot of these people you know. So if I see a beautiful vacation or a beautiful home or a beautiful outfit or whatever, you know, my mind immediately goes to like, oh, well, I don't have that or why am I not on that trip or I just get jealous and insecure and I feel like I'm not doing enough. But when I'm scrolling on Tumblr, if I'm seeing an amazing outfit or an amazing house or a place I want to travel to or getting inspired by all these photos, it weirdly, like, I feel disconnected because I don't know who these people are. So it allows me to just really see the image for what it is or the outfit for what it is or the place for what it is or the home. So it allows me to just feel a lot more inspired rather than... Um, me just comparing myself to it. I don't know if that makes any sense. I don't know if that's like a weird take, but make some mood boards. Um, next question. If you could pick the... Oh my gosh, I love this question. If you could pick the Met Gala theme, what would it be? Okay, so I saw a TikTok the other day that, you know, AI is going crazy and you can type in like what, what it can show you and then it'll create like images. And someone made it make a Met Gala theme for the theme horror. And the photos were actually so sick. And keep in mind, the Met Gala is a costume institute. So it kind of fits. And I feel like horror doesn't have to mean like Halloween or I don't know. But I feel like horror could be done in such a high fashion way that would get a lot of these celebrities out of their comfort zone. Like, okay, Chanel, gorgeous. Everyone looks great in Chanel and Chanel is cute and whatever. But horror... Like, I want to see Beyonce in a horror outfit and her inter interpretation of that. I want to see Rihanna in that. Lady Gaga! Oh my gosh, can you imagine what she would do? I feel like there's so many people that would just go all out, similar to like the Heavenly Bodies theme that they did. It just allows people to really go for it, to where like Karl Lagerfeld, it's like, okay, you're looking great in Chanel. But I want people to go for it. I want it to be costumey. I want it to be avant-garde. So... I feel like horror would be really cool. But if I had to pick like a designer for them to honor again, I feel like it would be Terry Mugler. I don't know if I'm saying that right. But he is one of my favorite designers. His work is just insane. His like OG couture collections. I went to um, a museum in London, I believe. And it was like all of his past work. Or maybe that was McQueen. I don't know. Terry Mugler. Amazing very avant-garde and I just feel like it would make for an amazing Met Gala theme. Okay, next question is about navigating LA and this is a hard one because just to put it into perspective, I lived in LA for maybe three years before I had ever went to, well, maybe not three years, two years before I ever went to a gay bar, before I ever went to really a bar in general because I wasn't 21, before I had like a friend group that I hung out with, I didn't really do anything when I first moved to LA, honestly, other than work and hustle. And I would go to Soul Cycle, and I don't even know, do shoots. And literally, I don't even know what I did. But I think just give yourself patience. I see so many people move to LA and then after like a year, they're like, yeah, it's just not for me. And I'm like, wait, you have to give it more than two years, I feel like, to really get a sense of what neighborhood you want to live in. Every every neighborhood, guys, Los Angeles County, which is like LA, WeHo, Venice, whatever, blah, 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 
has a higher population than like something outrageous, like 40 states in the United States of America. That is how many people there are. So every single neighborhood is basically its own city. It's its own vibe. We've got Silver Lake, Venice, WeHo, downtown. And so I see so many people move here and then they live here for like a year and they're like, yeah, it's just not for me. And I'm like, well, did you try another neighborhood? Because it's a totally different vibe. Did you move to Venice? Did you move to WeHo? And obviously that's a very like privileged thing to say. Like that's not, it's a lot easier said than done. Um, As I know, because I'm trying to move to Venice. But I just think give it some time and it's all about your friend group. It's all about getting in with the right group. I've been through a few different friend groups here in LA And not that I'm not friends with any of them anymore, but it took me a while to like really find my crew, my family, my people. And I feel like that just came honestly within the last two years um, after COVID. You know, I really feel like I just nailed down and solidified who my core group of friends are. And now LA has never been so fun, like going to the beach every weekend and uh, wine nights during the week and, you know, watching the Met Gala together and just like core things that aren't just all about going out. Definitely make sure that you're not getting lost in the party scene. It's very easy to do because that's what a lot of people move to LA to do. But it is fun. Obviously do it for sure. I But I'm glad that I had a few years in LA before I got really into that scene. And, you know, I've had my party years and I still don't, don't get me wrong. This, this, this rat king, Loves to go out and party. But you just have to realize that that's there's so much more to LA. Like LA is so beautiful. The beach. I have friends who have lived here for like a year and like never go to the beach. They go like once a summer. And I'm like, are you okay? The reason I'm paying all these taxes is so that I can go to the beach and eat a pizza every night. So I don't know. Just don't get in with the party scene. Make sure you get a good group of friends. Don't be afraid to like go up to people at a coffee shop or at a bar or at the beach and just network yourself and get a good group. And literally, I cannot even tell you how much I love living in LA. Like it is the best. Anyways, next question. Best friendship building stories. So I guess maybe not like a story, but just a tip for building friendships is if you have someone that like you're already kind of friends with, but you want to like really take your friendship to the next level, travel, 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 travel. And that doesn't have to mean you have to go to Dubai together. Like go to camping for one night in like near your town in Utah or in Joshua tree or whatever, or, you know, book an Airbnb if 30 minutes away and just stay for a night and nothing bonds people more than traveling and nothing will make you realize whether you like someone or not (laughs) than traveling and spending the night with someone. I just feel like that is how I created my like core group of friends is traveling with them. Like traveling with JC all over the world, shooting weddings and stuff, same with Tezza. That's what really solidified our friendship. I still remember our first out of the country trip together was Aruba and we were shooting a wedding together I could not even tell you what that wedding looked like. I could not even tell you. Like, that is so far removed from my memory. But what is in my memory is JC and I's free trip to Aruba. It was so fun. We were, I think I was literally in high school still. And just, I can still quote things to this day, 10 years later, that happened in the late hours in our hotel room. And I don't know, that's just like, most of my funny stories that I have with my friends happen while we're traveling. So 
I don't know. If you want to, if you want to build a stronger friendship, travel, travel with them. Um, if I didn't live in LA, where would I live? I don't know why I said LA. So we're just LA. Um, I get asked this question a lot and I honestly, I can't see myself living anywhere else. I feel like I love Los Angeles so much. I would love to live like in Italy or something, but I just feel like that's not really a realistic thing to say. But I guess in terms of the question, I'd love to live in Europe for a little bit, but I just am probably never going to do that because I just love my friends so much and I love this crew and LA weather. Ugh! You can't get better than LA weather. So sorry, I'm not moving anywhere where it's ever cold and I'm not moving anywhere where it's ever suit too hot or humid. So I'm kind of stuck in Los Angeles. I would never, I wish I lived in New York when I was like 18 because I feel like I would have loved it. But now that I am older and I've lived here for a while and I've just like grown to be used to LA weather, there's no way I could live in New York. The humidity kiss my ass. My spray tan would never stay on. My bronzer would never stay on. I would never be able to wear white. It's just not going to work. It's too hot. Every time I go to New York in the summer, I'm like, <gasps> it, miserable. Hate, 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 hate. I do love New York though. I wish I had a little stand, but it's either too hot or too cold and that's just not going to work for me. Anyways, um, how to look luxurious living on a teacher salary. I feel you. I feel you here because I haven't always had, you know, excess income. Not saying I do right now. I'm just saying like income comes and goes, but my style, my sense of style is always in my heart. And honestly, I can say whenever I'm a little tighter on cash and if I'm going to Coachella or a music festival or I have to plan for a trip or fashion week or whatever, thrifting, 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 thrifting or consignment, secondhand, like think about all these celebrities style, like day-to-day -day style, not their like going out to the Met Gala, obviously. Kendall Jenner, the model off duty, Hailey Bieber. They're literally just wearing like t-shirts and jeans. Good fit. What's the best fit of clothes round? Vintage. So go get yourself some vintage Levi's, some vintage tees, and don't be afraid to mix them up. Crop them, bleach them, cut them up, do something creative. I feel like that is the best way to look stylish on a budget. Honestly, I've got a lot of designer pieces. I've invested a lot in a lot of designer things. And don't get me wrong, I love to be a bougie bitch. But some of my favorite pieces ever in my wardrobe and the pieces that I wear every single weekend are, are the pieces I got at Goodwill for $6. The Gucci jeans and the Valentino jeans I wear once a month or here or there at special occasions. Your day-to-day -day stuff, wear vintage. It just looks so much better. I love stuff that's just like super worn in. Anyways, current fave song. So I mentioned this in um, Wednesday's episode, but I'm obsessed with Miley's She Is Coming EP right now. I don't know why it's giving me this, like I'm having this second wave of it and I'm just loving it so much. But Party Up The Street from She Is Coming on Miley's EP is so good. It's so catchy. I love singing along to it. It's perfect for like, you know, doing chores around the house, driving down PCH or, you know, drive into the grocery store. It's, it's chill. It's exciting. It's fun. It's catchy. You can sing along, but it's not like a rage song. You know, sometimes I need some chill music and that's what I'm listening to lately. What is your type in a man? Okay. 
my type in a man. I get asked this so much. I feel like that's like the number one thing that people ask me on a date or whatever. People just always ask that. Just be nice to me. Just be nice. That's it. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a piece of shit. And treat me like a queen. <laughs> no, like I feel like I really don't have a set physical type. I obviously want to be like physically attracted to you, but I can't nail down specifically like something that I'm attracted to because everyone I've ever hooked up with or everyone I've ever dated is so different from each other. They've been different races, different weights, different heights, different nationalities. Like, so it's hard to say. I feel like I definitely lean towards people who are a little bigger than me. That doesn't have to mean like height, just like even just in stature. I like to feel itty bitty, skinny, teeny tiny when getting cuddled up on. Um, I feel like I tend to lean towards people that have facial hair. Um, but that's not a requirement. That's not a prerequisite. I tend to lean towards people that are a little bit more calm just because I'm a firecracker. I feel like I used to say I leaned towards people that were more masculine, not feminine, but I feel like it's not even that. It's a matter of calmness or like just their like aura around them. It doesn't have to be like not feminine or masculine or whatever. It's just like you can't be a firecracker. And I feel like for a while I associated being a firecracker and whatever with being feminine, not in the terms of like that. I think that's how women are, but just like typically feminine gays are like firecrackers and, you know, we love the housewives and we're this and that and the yak, 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 yak. But that isn't, that's not always the case. I've found myself lately sometimes, you know, I'll scroll past like a more feminine guy on Instagram and I'm like, wow, you just are very attractive and you have like this demeanor around you, this like sense of calmness. Um, I don't know. So I feel like I'm attracted to that because I'm just a firehouse and I can be cuckoo chew. I don't know. I always just brainstorm because I'm like one of my, one of the last single friends in my friend group. And I'm just so curious who I'm going to end up with one day. Hopefully someone, hopefully I don't die alone. But no, I know my Prince Charming is coming. I'm ready for the day where I walk down the aisle with my Prince Eric. But until then, I'm going to shake my titties out. And we <laughs> um, tell us the story of how you lost your virginity. Okay. so <laughs> I wasn't sure if I was going to answer this one, but I'm like, I don't care. If you guys want to know, if people are curious, I'll tell it. It's not that exciting. But so I was dating my first boyfriend or we weren't dating yet. So my first boyfriend, I'd recently come out a few months before this and... Um, he DM'd me on Twitter in response to a tweet that I was like, should I dye my hair blonde or red? And, or I think blonde or brown. I don't know. And he DM'd me and was like blonde. And I don't know why I was like, okay, who are you? And so we started DMing. I was in California. Then we met up. He lived in Arizona. I lived in Utah at the time. We met up in California and then the only way I could, this is actually so scary and so shocking and no one should ever follow this pattern, but we would FaceTime all the time. And I was like, the only way I can go to California to see you is if you drive me back to Utah. Why I would agree to drive 
like 10 hours with a complete stranger who I've never met when I'm 18 years old is beyond my comprehension because I would never in a million years, I don't even like to go on a first date now. I can even sit at a table next to someone for an hour. So I was just like entranced by him. It was my first boyfriend, the first guy I'd ever talked to. And I was just so excited that I was like finally allowed to like flirt and, you know, feel wanted and all this stuff. So anyways, so I go to California, we meet and the first time we met, you know, we made out, whatever. And we weren't staying together. But then when it was time to go back to Utah, he was like, it was over his 21st birthday and I was 18 and he was like, why don't we, instead of driving the whole way, <laughs> why don't we stop in Vegas, spend the night there, and then go the rest of the way? And I was like, yeah, of course. It's your 21st birthday. Of course we have to go to Vegas. And yeah. And I was like, we have to book a hotel room with two beds because I'm not sleeping with you. I, I see what you're trying to do. And I was like so nervous. I'd never done anything with a boy. And... So whatever, I should have known that things were going to get frisky, okay? (laughs) So we drove to Vegas and I was just like literally in love with him from like the moment I met him. I was just so entranced. I was so taken over that I was like allowed to feel these things and hold hands and whatever. We get to Vegas and we get in the room and there's only one bed. I knew it. I knew this mother effer was just trying to get in my panties and I allowed it. (laughs) I didn't care. I was a horny 18 year old boy. And so I don't even think we made it like an hour in that room (laughs) without having sex. Like it just happened, you know, and I was ready for it and it was cute. Like I don't regret it by any means let's be honest, it lasted like literally two seconds. I, I don't even know if I'm considering that sex, but like it happened. But I was so obsessed with him and it was in Vegas and we were at a hotel and I was 18, which is a little scary, but he was only 21. It wasn't that much older. I don't know. And yeah, I have no regrets. Then the next day we drove to Utah and <laughs> wait, this story is actually hilarious. Then we drove to Utah and, oh, that's why I went back because it was the 4th of July and I wanted to hang with Billy and her girlfriend. And my I lived with my grandparents at the time and they didn't know that I was gay. And so he had nowhere to stay. I don't know why we didn't just book a hotel or Airbnb. You know, like I said, 18 years old. We're not really thinking too much. But we decided to <laughs> go have a campfire up in the mountains in Utah in July. And what did we do? We slept on the ground. <laughs> We slept on the ground outside, no tent, no sleeping bag, no blanket on the ground. Me and my ex and Billy and her girlfriend, we hooked up right next to each other on a tarp. Yeah, it was shocking to say the least. (laughs) We were just young and in love and horny. (laughs) I can't believe I just told that whole story, but... It was a fun little first boyfriend experience. I won't lie. It didn't last that long. What are my ex for girls and boys? Ooh. Ooh, that's hard. My ex for girls lately, it's just top of mind. (sighs) When girls get too drunk at a gay bar and they get super touchy 
and like I don't know them. I'm like, get off of me. I'm not your bestie. I'm not your gay best friend. Like, I literally don't know you. We're not going to go to brunch tomorrow. Like, I don't care about your gay friend that you had in high school. Like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. And I'm being rude. This is not a generalization of all women in gay bars. I love most of you. But just lately, sometimes I go out and there's this always one girl who gets too drunk. She gets way too touchy. And she just has so many questions. And I'm like, shut up. I'm listening to Ariana Grande. (laughs) Um, ick for boys. That's hard. My ick for boys is maybe their bedroom. You know, you you don't have to live in architectural digest by any means. I understand that not everyone has good interior taste or budget. But if I walk in and, you know, I'm not going to (laughs) describe the room that I'm thinking of, but that could be an ick real quick. How do you prioritize work, play, life, admin? So this is actually a really hard thing for me personally to do, mainly because my job with like social media, the podcast, being an influencer, quote unquote, is your job kind of is your life and your job is also a lot of play, going to music festivals and you know, traveling and working with these brands and events and all this, whatever. So it's really hard to balance. My advice would be allow the blend. Like your work should be fun and your fun life should be a little bit of work. You should put work into your friendships. You should put work into your experiences you want to create to have fun, whether that's going traveling or setting up a picnic or whatever. And also have fun with your life admin. Like listen to your favorite podcast or your favorite album while you're doing laundry or cleaning the house, dance around Sunday morning, open the windows, vacuum, like make your life admin fun, make your work fun and make your fun a little bit of work. Enjoy the blend. Do a little bit of everything. I don't know if that made any fucking sense. Um, What's the worst wedding you've ever shot? Oh my gosh. I don't even know if I can think of off the top of my head, the worst wedding that I've ever shot. But I can say that during a wedding, I fell in a pond one time into a stream as I was trying to balance on a fence over like a little river stream situation to take a photo of the bride and groom. And I did fall all the way in camera, broken, wet, soaking wet, knees completely soaked, wore wet clothes the rest of the night. Um, So that was embarrassing, to say the least. And I had to buy a new camera the next day, which was amazing. And then one wedding I had, the bride, I edited all the photos, whatever. It was like very typical me. I I used the same presets for pretty much every wedding. I had like a very signature style. If you're an OG follower, you know. It was dark, moody, a little bit faded, kind of visco era. And this bride... I can't give too many details or you guys might know who it is. Let's just say she wanted it very bright and colorful and airy. And I edited all the photos and gave them to her. And she was like, uh, what is this? There's no color. There's no this. There's no that. And I was like, man, have you seen my website? Have you seen my work? But I feel like she only booked me because of my name and because of my reputation, like within the Mormon wedding photographer community. There was a day, there was a time when Ty French was the talk of the town in the wedding photo world between them child brides but 
she, I think, just wanted me for the clout. She didn't want my actual style. And so then when I gave her my style, she did not like it. And she made me re-edit the entire wedding. So that was great. Who are your biggest influences? I feel like I sound like a broken record when I say this, but my biggest influences are Tezza and JC. They are my best friends. They are my mother. They are my sister. They are my everything. They just inspire me so much with relationships, with work, with just how much they know who they are. And they're everything. They're literally everything, especially watching Tezza become a mother and watch her still prioritize herself and her career and her art is so inspiring. And she's such a good mom. And it just makes me so excited to have kids. And I just look up to her so much. And if she has an idea, she goes out and she does it. If she has a a product she wants to create, she goes out and she does it. And that is so inspiring. Same with JC. If she wants to do something, she goes out and she does it. She gets it done immediately. And she doesn't let negativity from anyone else get in her way. And that is very admirable. As far as celebrities, my biggest influences and inspos would probably be Harry Styles, Kim Kardashian. I kind of love Timothy Chalamet's style these days. So I don't know. Those. Favorite housewife city. Who is your fave versus least favorite housewife? My favorite housewife city is definitely Beverly Hills. That's the one I started with. It's just so good. It's probably also because that's where I live. Like I live right next to Beverly Hills. And so a lot of the restaurants they go to are the restaurants that I like to go to and like the soul cycle. And it just feels like I'm watching a reality show about my future, (laughs) hopefully. So, and Kyle Richards is definitely up there with one of my favorite housewives. She just seems so grounded and so nice and so down to earth. And she's been through so much and I just feel like she really puts a lot out there on the show. So she's one of my favorites. My least favorite is um, possibly, uh, I'm sorry to say it, Giselle and Candace from Real Housewives of Potomac and Robin Dixon. Honestly, Potomac is just not really my favorite other than our queen, La Dame. Yeah, they just don't really do it for me. I don't know. What does your workflow look like for each episode of the podcast? Oh, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. Right now, for the Thai pop episodes, the weekly pop culture episodes, I record on Tuesdays. And Tuesday, pretty much my whole day is podcast. I'm getting the stories ready, figuring out which stuff I want to talk about. Throughout the week, I write down things that I come across on TikTok or on Twitter or whatever that I feel like I might want to talk about. And then on Tuesday, I narrow those down to my top three. And then I record the episode. Then I edit the episode and I post it. It pretty much takes my entire day. But now, because I'm only on week two or episode two of Friday episodes, I also record on Thursdays. Sometimes I'm going to maybe start recording both of them on Tuesdays so that I can just, you know, streamline that setup. I basically live in a podcast studio (laughs) and while I love it and it's amazing and I'm glad that we are putting this on video now as well, it's a lot. I need my house back and (laughs) there's just lights and cameras and everything everywhere, microphones. So I would love to streamline my process and eventually I'd love to get a little studio or, you know, a two bedroom apartment so that I can have a room dedicated just towards the podcast. But you know, big dreams over here at the Thai French Podcast. <laughs> Stay very tuned. Um, what is my favorite makeup product? Definitely my Charlotte Tilbury bronzer. 
it is amazing. I think it's called like the airbrush bronzer or something. And when I tell you it airbrushes, look at the face if you're watching on YouTube. And it's just the perfect tan. It's the perfect tone of bronzer. Sometimes bronzers are too orange. Sometimes they're too cool toned. And I just feel like it's the perfect tone. I use, I think, tone two or three. I don't know. I can't remember. I, I Sometimes I get two, depending on what the season is. And yeah, I love the Kosas concealer. I love the House Labs foundation. That's pretty much all I do. And I try to keep it like minimal. Like I try to use very little foundation, very little concealer so that it still gives off like a natural men's makeup vibe. Have you ever tried gymnastics? The closest I've got to doing gymnastics was, I don't know if any of you guys are going to relate to this, but you know, at recess when you were a kid, you'd go on the playground and there was like that thing with the bar and you would put like a hoodie under your waist and you would tie it on both sides to the bar. And then you would just flip a million times, flip a million times. What were we doing? Who told us to do that? I need to also do that again because it was very fun. <laughs> I am having like a weird deja vu moment. I don't know why we did that. That's the closest thing I ever got to gymnastics. And when I did that, I felt like I was literally going to go to the Olympics. I thought I was a pro. I was the coolest kid in school. When other people couldn't figure out how to do it and like they would get too dizzy, I was like, yeah, not everyone has this gift. So, no, I don't. I wish I would have been in gymnastics. I feel like I would have been really good. I feel like I could have gotten really into it. But that was just something I never got into because everyone made fun of me for being gay already that I wasn't going to join gymnastics. Like, I was already the only guy on my dance team in high school. I was, you know, in all the school plays. And I don't know. I couldn't add <laughs> gymnastics to that. It just was not going to work. The only thing I can do also is a... I can do a front handspring. That's about it. If anyone would like to teach me some tips, let me know. I would love to go to a gym, but I feel like one of the, that's one of those things where you have to start young or you're just not, it's not going to work. Anyways, are you a Billie Eilish fan? If so, what is your favorite song of hers? I love Billie Eilish. I really became a super fan of her during COVID because she did a live stream situation. A lot of artists were doing that during COVID times to, you know, get some get some cash and also to just keep us entertained. And hers was so visually appealing. I watched it on like Reddit like a million times after. Yes, I was on shrooms when I watched it. Don't judge me. We already know this. Tied us shrooms sometimes. Um, and the visuals were like, insane. It was so good. I watched it at my friend's house and he had one of those, like the light systems where your whole apartment, the lights change to whatever is on your TV screen. So it was just a crazy experience to say the least. My favorite song of hers is My Future. It's so beautiful. I love how it, it kind of has like a few parts to it. The beginning of it is a little slower, soft, and then it kind of goes into this like jazzy, like more upbeat feel. I don't know. I like the the levels of the song and the music video is so good. And the the visuals during that part of her live performance was insane. It was so cool. It was very reminiscent of the music video. Or maybe the music video was the live stream that I saw. Does she have a music video to that? I'm going to need to double check on that. Would you rather know when you're going to die or how you're going to die? I would rather know when for sure. Because here's the thing. If you know how you're going to die gonna be like final destination you're gonna be keeping your eye out like if they say you're gonna die in your sleep uh okay i'm gonna be scared to go to bed every night if they say you're gonna die in a car crash i ain't never getting in a car if they say you're gonna die from a bullet wound 
oh, every song that has a bullet sound, I'm on the floor. R.I.P. So if you know when, you can live life to the fullest. If you tell me I'm going to die tomorrow, I'm going to live like you were dying. <laughs> no, or if you tell me I'm going to die in 30 years, okay, great. I'm going to take out a shit ton of loans. I'm going to go to Italy. I'm going to travel the world. And then I'm going to die. I'm going to leave it to nobody because I'm not going to have children. You see? You can work the system. If you're going to tell me I'm going to die next year, if you're going to tell me I'm going to die when I'm 80, let me know. I would rather know when than how for sure. Because then if you tell me when I'm 80, okay, great. Maybe I'll die in my sleep. Maybe I'll die in a car crash. I don't know. But I know it's this year. And I will know that I would have lived my life to the fullest. I would have gotten everything done. Now, to be honest, if you said, do you want to know when you're dying? And then I say, yes. And then you tell me it's tomorrow. That feels like a lose-lose scenario because <laughs> then I would maybe want to know how so that I can mentally prepare. If I know I'm going to die tomorrow, I don't really have a lot of time to live like I was dying and to get things off my bucket list. So that would that would not be um, a good situation. Anyways, would I ever get into acting? Okay. Whoever asked this, I appreciate this answer because yes, I would like to get into acting. But uh, let me rephrase. I would like to get back into acting Acting was my first love as a child back in the day. Need I remind you, I was the genie in Aladdin in my school play. Need I remind you that I was James and the James and Giant Peach. Need I remind you that I was the ugly stepsister in Cinderella in my school play. I was also slated to play the main guy in the Lorax, or I think that's what it was called, in my school play, but then I moved to Arizona. So I'm an actor. I'm a performer. I'm a singer. I'm a dancer. I would love to get back into that. I'm not actually a singer or a dancer anymore, but I would love to get back into acting. I would love to do commercials. I would love to do movies, TV shows. I would love to do like a sitcom, but I don't know. I don't know if I can handle that rejection and I wouldn't even know where to begin. I feel like I'm so, okay, I'm going back on what I was saying earlier. It's never too late. Okay, I got to follow my dreams, but I don't know. All the big actors get in when they're so young. So I would love to get into it. I would love to even just take some classes I feel like I'd love to take some improv classes for like stand up. Not that I don't think I would ever do it, but I think it would really help me with the podcast and with public speaking and with being nervous, live shows, which I want to do eventually for the podcast. So, yeah, maybe this is my summer for acting. Maybe I'll look into some acting coaches. If you guys know any, let me know. If you guys have an acting coach you love or like a program that you followed, let me know because I'm intrigued and maybe you are going to see me on a big screen. Have you ever had any work done slash would you? What would it be? I have never had any work done. I'm not going to say like I'm proud to say that because I would like to get work done. <laughs> and I have nothing against getting work done. I have a lot of friends who have gotten work done. JC, my best friend, is a chinfluencer. Um, a lot of my friends got like boob jobs as high school graduation presents. Um, I've always wanted a nose job. Now, before you, before you tell me not to, yeah, 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 yeah. I had a deviated septum. I really do yes, that's one of the reasons. Yes, also I want it to be cosmetically fixed. But the reason I want it cosmetically fixed is because my septum is deviated. So it makes my nose crooked. So if you just fix my septum, then my nose will be straight and it'll be more symmetrical. So yes, I would like a nose job. Double whammy, straighten out my nose and then I don't have a deviated septum. That's why I always take pictures to the left side because that's my, my septum is angled that way. This side, the angle 
you know, my nose looks a little longer and it kind of droops down a little bit. So yes, I would love to get a nose job eventually, but nothing crazy just to fix my DVN at septum. Um, I have veneers on my front top six teeth. Um, I guess that's the closest thing I've had to have like work done. Best decision I ever made. Dr. Scott Harris in Arizona is literally the best dentist there ever was. I'm obsessed. Like it really changed my life. I got him when I was like maybe 20, 19. And yeah, I have no regrets. I'm obsessed with how they look. They look super natural, I think. <laughs> um, and yeah, I don't have to worry about whitening them or anything. So it's great. Um, I've gotten Botox one time, like a year ago, like last June, I went with Brielle to her guy here in Beverly Hills. And it's all gone now, as you can see on my forehead. My forehead moves a lot if you're watching this on YouTube. But I would like to get more. I'm definitely not ashamed to get Botox. I would love to get more. It's just so expensive and it wears out so fast. I do also want to like age gracefully. That being said, who knows? Maybe I'll end up looking like plastic fantastic. I don't know. I say that now. But I want to remain snatched and youthful, but I do want to, you know, I think men look better as they get older and age and get a little few fine lines. So I don't want to go crazy. I don't want to be looking like no wrinkly piece of paper, but I don't mind a few lines here or there, a little few gray hairs. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see when that day comes. I don't know. Maybe once I turn 35, I'll be chasing my youth. If I had a baby tomorrow, what would you name them? So I've got a few and I I'm hesitant to share this with you, but why I'm acting like I'm literally Khloe Kardashian or Rihanna, like who cares? No one cares about my baby names that much. But the reason, I can't believe I'm saying this. A lot of people don't like this and keep your opinion to yourself because it's happening regardless. So the reason I can't use Frenchies as the name for you guys in the Thai French podcast listeners is because ever since I was literally in eighth grade, I have wanted to name my first child Frenchie. Frenchy French. I think that name is iconic. That my whole life, I thought I was going to be Kim Kardashian. I was going to be the next thing. But as I get older, I believe that, well, I do have potential. I'm setting myself up to be the next Kris Jenner. I'm going to have a child and their name, boy, girl, or non-binary is going to be named Frenchy French. And if you tell me that that isn't the most iconic name you've ever heard, then we just don't see eye to eye. But my child will be named Frenchy French, boy, girl, or non-binary, whatever they decide to identify as. And that's that. If I have more than one kid, I would love to name the second one maybe Hollywood, Hollywood French. You can call them Holly or Woody for short. I just think that's so cute. Um, I also love Fairy, F-E-R-R-E. I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before. That's my mom's maiden name. And I just love Fairy French. I feel like that's so cute um i also love fia f-i-a fia french um i love Faye. i feel like that's like so classic hollywood old hollywood Faye. f-a-e Faye french as you can tell i'm copying the kardashians i'm doing the the double the kk the ff i'm doing the double but except for hollywood frenchie and hollywood ah i'm so sorry if i have a set of twins named frenchie and hollywood you're telling me that Andy ain't knock, knock, knocking at my door for a reality show? It's going to happen. You know what I think we should do? Billy and I, Billy, my best friend, lesbian, me, gay, besties, have children together. We're not, we're not bad looking. We're best friends. 
We've stood the test of time. We've been best friends for 12 years. And I feel like we would be great parents together. I'm a little bit on the stricter side. She's a little bit more fun, casual, loose. And most most kids grow up in divorce households anyway and live in different houses. But what if your parents weren't divorced? Your parents were just best friends. And it wasn't sexual, but they loved each other so much. Like, I love Billy more than anything on this planet. I would take a bullet for her. I might love her more than I'll ever even love my husband. And it's not a sexual thing, which is even better because then you're not going to fight about certain things. So imagine you either like share a house or your next door neighbors. And then it's the best of both worlds. Then you have a kid, but you don't have to have them full time. It's like having a built-in nanny or a a built-in babysitter, but it's your child's mother. I'm loving this idea. And if you, I'm sorry, Andy, knock, 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 reality show idea, lesbian couple, gay couple, have kid together, live next door to each other, and they're best friends. And their children's names are Frenchie and Hollywood. You can't tell me that that is not an Emmy award-winning reality show that is going to be signed on for 20 seasons on E! or Bravo and then eventually switched to Hulu. <laughs> Anyways, let me know what you guys think about those names. Let me know what you think about Frenchy French. And now that I've told you, now do you understand why I can't call you guys, the Ty French Podcast listeners, Frenchies? Because then I'm just never going to be able to name my kid that. It's going to get worn out. And, you know... I'm reserving that. That's a special place in my heart. And I've literally wanted that for the last 10 years. So I'm not getting rid of it. Sorry, guys. You guys are tyrants, okay? <laughs> okay, I've got two more questions. Favorite influencer events you've been to slash brands you have worked with? I would say, top of mind, the W Hotel <laughs> is one of my favorite clients that I've worked with. Literally, they know how to party. They host this thing, or they used to. I don't know if they've done it after COVID, but called the Wake Up Call Fest. And it's like a music festival. The first one was on the rooftop of the W in Hollywood. I've never been so drunk in my entire life. I almost got kicked out by security. <laughs> I don't think they knew that I was like an influencer working the event, but it was so fun. Charlie XCX performed, Betty Who, I think, performed, or Leon performed. I don't know. It was so fun. I went with Tezza, Billy, a lot of my other friends. Mary was there. And it was just a ball of a time. We went to karaoke afterwards and it was just amazing. And then they hosted one in Dubai and they flew me to that one as well. Rufus Soul headlined it, Rita Ora. Like it was so fun. They flew us to Dubai. We went on like a desert excursion. It was just like the W Hotel just like treats you right. And they definitely know how to party. And yeah, that was definitely one of my favorite clients. I also love anytime I get to travel, like with the Four Seasons, I went to London and that was amazing. I went to Abu Dhabi with the Board of Tourism of Abu Dhabi. I've done some freaking amazing ass shit. <laughs> like, I've done some amazing experiences and I could not be more grateful or more thankful. Like, I feel just, I don't know. I've been able to see the world because of this job and it's been so fun and I truly just feel so blessed. My last question, what is something that you used to value that you don't value any more? Ooh, I mean, I guess it's so cheesy, but it's just top of mind. It's just the opinion of others that if you're not paying my bills, if you are not, (laughs) I was just going to say something so inappropriate. (laughs) If you're not paying my bills, if you're not, (laughs) I'm not going to say it. If you're not paying my bills, if you are not in a relationship with me, if you are not my best friend, if you're not someone I look up to, 
Why do I care about your opinion? I used to value people, what people say, like in Instagram comments or DMs or, you know, I didn't have a podcast for so long and I didn't do YouTube for so long because I was like, I would do video or I would do a vlog and then I'd get one negative comment about my voice and I wouldn't, I wouldn't post on YouTube for three years. Like I just used to let things eat me up so much. And now I'm like, okay, you think my voice is annoying? So do I move along. Don't listen to it or listen to it. Like, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me though. It does listen to the Tyrant podcast. Don't give up on me. <laughs> no, but it's like, it doesn't matter. The, the loudest people in the room are always your haters and they, they're not doing anything for your career. Like they're not paying your bills. They're not the ones buying your products. They're not the ones liking your photos. They're not the ones hyping you up. They're not the ones going to your live shows. They're not the ones it, I'm, I'm speaking from, for my experience, obviously not everyone hosts live shows or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Do not value the opinion of others unless it's literally your best friends and you actually value their opinion. Okay. I'm talking myself in circles. Who knows if that even makes sense. But anyways, that's today's Q and a. It was all over the place and I loved it. I wouldn't have it any other way. There were a lot of questions that you guys had that were similar themes. So I'm going to do more like targeted Q and A's in future episodes. Like I said before, I'm going to do a photography Q and A soon. I want to do a Q and A about maybe Mormonism, being gay, all that jazz. Um, I'm also going to start doing an advice column called French Tips. Come to the salon and get your French Tips from Thai French. Um, so I'm working on that. I'm really excited about that. I'll let you guys know on Instagram when that happens so that you guys can send in what you guys want advice on, what you want tips on. Um, yeah, make sure you guys follow at Thai French Podcast on Instagram so that you guys know when that's happening or so you guys can stay up to date when I need your guys' submissions or askings or polls or when an episode is live, yada, 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 all that jazz. Um, make sure you give me a rate and review in the Apple Podcasts or the Spotify app. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this video a thumbs up and don't forget to subscribe. I love you guys so much. Thank you for listening. TJIF. Hope everyone has an amazing weekend. And pray for Todka at EDC this weekend because I'm scared. Thanks for listening and stay tuned for next week. <laughs>